Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia. This is Nadia. Marhaba. My name is Mluchiye and I'm from Beirut, Lebanon. And I'm so happy to be here. We've been following them for a long time and admiring their illustrations and we would love to hear about yeah, we'd love to hear about your work and then also just your background, anything else that we... Wait, we before we get into that, I just yeah. want to mention, as we were prepping for this episode, I started wondering, like, what Mujia is in English, like, the leave, and this was surprisingly hard to find out. Apparently it's called jute leaf. There are many names, like jute leaf, jute plant, jute mallow, juice mallow, and there's, like, Latin names. So it's a magical plant that we eat. <laughs> Yeah. And its, or- its I- origins are from the Egyptian Molukia, which is from Moluk, which is kingly. Oh. So, because the pharaohs used sense. to eat it. Okay. But I'm anti-imperialist and I'm anti-monarchy, so <laughs> I do not take that claim that route. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Molukia was a very common sort of like villager right, food yeah. in Egypt and the Levantine as a whole. What made you decide to make it your namesake? Actually, it was an accident. I could uh, talk about it chronologically if that's okay. Yeah, I would sure. like to start start from the very beginning. Yes. Proto. Take us back. We'll take you back. Cue the bloop, 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 bloop sound effect. Yes. Uh, for my name and my drag and my gender identity and my sexuality, it was a journey. Basically, I'm going to say the summarized version mm-hmm. because I'd like to talk about my art more mm-hmm. yeah. than my personal life, but I'll just mention it. Yeah. So I sort of got to terms with my own sexuality as a teenager at the age of 16. I started feeling the feelings, denied them at first, said I could be bi, but never told anyone, but then wanted to have a girlfriend and then maybe later marry a woman. This one. All the girls that I asked out did not accept my, <laughs> my flirtations and I've told like a couple of girls that I liked them or loved them as a teenager and obviously teenage girls don't like that. Um, <laughs> and I, I was a weird kid, like I'm still am, but I was a really weird, awkward, geeky kid, so I wasn't popular. Long story short, I went into university and I started seeing queer people around me like more openly queer, which I had never seen before. So that made me question, like, can I be open? Can I, can I talk about it? Can it be something that is like, okay and normal for me? And little by little, I had some supportive new friends, a new sort of group of open-minded people. And I was able to lean into being, telling them that I'm bi. And like later having my first experiences both dating and sexual experiences and being like okay maybe i'm just a gay guy and over the years i learned more about gender identity and sexuality became open to the idea of a non-binary genders and different sexualities and all the nuances and the gray areas because i would compartmentalize people a lot because that helped me understand the world so slowly these boxes started like breaking down and I met different people. I met someone who I got really close to who is non-binary and that meetup experience helped me realize that maybe I am actually non-binary as well. It like it wasn't that I well that I became non-binary rather than 
it opened the door for me to look inside and explore that non-binary side. Here I am identifying as a gay cis man to identifying as queer, non-binary person, and sometimes cat, because I like cats. Mm -hmm. so, Same. so that's pretty much, yeah, like they're the best. That's pretty much my gender journey. And I feel like I'm still, I'm still in it, like I'm still transitioning. So I only use they, them. And right now my name is Mluhi, but I, but before that, like I didn't really feel close to my given name at birth. And even right now, I don't really feel that close to my chosen name. I still feel like I'm still searching, still, still moving forward. But this is the name I'm using right now. It's like, I do, I, I would like say I would, I am in a phase. I, I'm so sorry to the people who have been stereotyped to be in a, like to have been told that they were in a phase when they weren't. But I definitely believe I am in a phase, but I certainly believe that I will be in many, many more phases to come. Being in phases is too stigmatized. Like yeah. life, life is dynamic, and we can go through phases. And yeah, people are allowed to change, and they're allowed to take time to figure stuff out. And I think like all the pressure to be like so stable and knowing and what we are is that just stops a lot of people yeah. from living their lives and taking their time to understand themselves. Yeah, exactly. I think the the issue sometimes within the community is that you see someone who is questioning and you want to get close to them mm -hmm. and you, you're, you, may, you might want to become friends with them or date them, but then shit hits the fan and they feel like they're not really queer anymore and you feel like you might have lost a friend. Yeah. But then people <laughs> come and go even if they're queer or not. So yeah. it's just part yeah, exactly. one of Yeah, that's life. I mean, I know that happens. So I think like in an ideal... Yeah world like it's just about people communicate i think i yeah. think like ideally it should all just be about communication like um i don't know like the whole thing about like oh people who are like experimenting they'll play with your heart and blah 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 yeah. i mean i think if everyone was just honest and communicative about like what they're looking for and if they're interested in a yeah. serious relationship etc like that's all you really need to know yeah <laughs> yeah just yeah i can yeah, people just need to be upfront. Yeah, it's it's. I understand why it's hard sometimes to be upfront because being vulnerable is not easy. Totally. Yeah. Sometimes you, you can't put words, you can't put your feelings into words, and you just need to That's true. sort of like feel around and see what happens. I guess what I mean is like what Nadia said. Um, yeah. If someone, I don't know, if someone can at least like give an indication of where. They are like how they see that particular yeah. relationship. Um, that could maybe definitely um, express yeah. their intention. Yeah. Going from there, I I started doing drag in 2018. Mm -hmm. I saw a budding drag community in Beirut, and I was a fan of the drag scene internationally, in the United States, and uh, on TV, online. So I started watching these performers live here in Beirut, the local uh, drag community. Mm -hmm. And at some point there was this call for like a mini drag ball happening in one of the, the bars here. And I signed up. It was my first time. And I bought like a really cheap wig. I stole, <laughs> I borrowed my mom's abeye. <laughs> I, 
I bought like super, super cheap makeup and some of them had been gifted. And I painted my face like really haphazardly, basically white, like a ghost. I was literally like a ghost. And I lip synced to Kifak Inta by Fairuz. <laughs> Good choice. Thank you. The night before, actually, I was talking to a friend and I we were discussing drag names and I had a different drag name altogether. It was Zoe, why not xylophone? Zoe with an X, why not with a Y? And xylophone with a Z, so it's like XYZ. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Very, very cerebral. But then we were talking about drag names and I was telling him that I like short one word drag names or like names in general. Yeah. like stars uh, Beyonce Madonna whatever they have one memorable name so I'm like I want that and one of the drag performers that I whose name I like is Milk the American yeah yeah, yeah. Former. Um, because it's just one word it's something it's a household product it's everyone knows what Milk is and they can pronounce it so I wanted something yeah. similar oh I see that so okay. we were yeah <laughs> So we started like spitballing and I was like, Luchi, and he started laughing. I was like, that's, is that funny? <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's, it is funny. I'm like, oh, okay, sure, whatever. Cue the next day, I tell the MC that I want to be presented as Luchi. And so two minutes before, I told them that and I was presented as Luchi and people started laughing. And I was like, okay, <laughs> great. And the rest is history. I. It stuck. It stuck. Like yeah. people liked the name because it was funny to them. I yeah. I never really found it funny, but then people liked it. So I was like, sure. People like the name. I'll keep it. I love it. So, I, I think you just yeah. know when something sticks. Yeah, like, it just works. Yeah. yeah. It was a happy sort of like accident. On this call, by the way, it says Mulhia AF. Is that supposed to be as fuck? Because if so, that's amazing. No. <laughs> or is that your last name or it... initials? <laughs> It, that's another accident. It's actually my last initial. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got yeah. that works yeah, too. I got it. Yeah, that works too. I got excited. I was like, that was, yeah. that was so. I like that was just so clever. Yeah, uh, I I kind of felt it would be read as AF as an as fuck, but I, I didn't. That wasn't my first intention. I just wanted to yeah. highlight my first name, and then in Facebook. Um, Facebook doesn't let you have one name anymore. Uh, you have to have a oh, last true. name. But I'm like, okay, let me just write my initials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's what happened, and I've been using it here and there. But actually, right now, I'm more interested in using my actual like family name completely mm -hmm. because it's in Arabic. Uh, it's Elfil, A L F I L, which means the that's elephant. Beautiful. Uh, funny story. We had a really fat ancestor. And that's that's it. It's, that's that's, how it that's that's it. Like <laughs> no, no historical cultural connection. That's that's basically it. Yeah, that was. It's actually like it's a beautiful last name. It, it is. It is. There is a uh, surah in the Quran, which is Surah Al Fil, mm -hmm. which oh. I think could also be connected to that. But I'm not really a fan. <laughs> of the origins mostly because my family and my like extended family have a weight problem we, and there's like some diabetes <laughs> got you yeah it's sort of like rubbing sand salt in the wound just you could say that like at some point someone was like they went abroad and were an elephant hunter or something <laughs> yeah that's like the worst possible yeah 
or it's um, or like an elephant like not a hunter they just like found elephants and like pet them yeah 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 they don't have to sure. be violent about it yeah sure we'll, we'll yeah. i'll go with that. Um, <laughs> professional elephant cuddler yeah that's what i'll tell anyone who asks me i have so cuddled with an elephant that yeah. should be my identity i should make that oh. my identity <laughs> anyway cool. so let's let's talk about art yeah yeah um, so so doing drag is one of my art practices that i do maybe like once or twice a year whenever it is possible for me to sign up to like a ball or mini ball or event but that's like part of my art but like my main art is the pixel art yeah Which is awesome i love it yeah do you want to talk about like how you started doing yeah, pixel yeah. art and what you've what context you've made it for i also have like a little chronological story i'm a i'm a huge chrono chronology nerd <laughs> so i'd yeah. like to start i like linear yeah 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 I had always liked to draw as a kid, and so did my older brother, mm -hmm. who is right now a a designer, an illustrator. Um, he does he works for a company that does password security, and he does all their marketing, art, and design. And mm -hmm. it's called Mikey, um, M Y K I. It's American and Lebanese. And he has like a cartoony style, which he picked up from cartoons, Cartoon Network and Disney and Nickelodeon and stuff. And so growing up, we both sort of like consumed the same media, whether it was video games or cartoons, mostly cartoons. So I do have big inspiration from Cartoon Network cartoons and Nickelodeon and Disney and, and stuff. But I also am inspired by anime. He's not, and I am. I love Eastern animation a lot. And, and that was also one of my drives. So we used to draw as kids, as all kids do, with little crayon drawings and art class in school. But then he and I used to draw more than the other kids, more or less. And our parents never had a creative side. They didn't do any arts and crafts or anything or music or whatnot. So they didn't really help us personally, but they didn't like stop us from drawing. They were like okay with it as a hobby for mm -hmm. fun, but then never really pushed us to draw professionally and never saw it as a career. <laughs> but here we are now. So fast forward to school, I was known as like the artist in my classroom. I used to draw a lot, especially during class hours. My notebooks are full of drawings and any other sketchbook that I've bought over the years has been more, <laughs> has yeah. had so much text in it. Yeah. Like literally like I cannot properly have a sketchbook or a oh. notebook <laughs> yeah. without there being like a mix of both and other than drawing i used to write a lot i love fiction so that's why i went into english uh, literature and then language in university and i graduated with a ba in language though my passion for drawing really kicked off after uni i'm really inspired by pokemon i still like it to this day even though it's like the, the biggest capitalist monster <laughs> in Japan and the world. Like, I, I think Pokemon has bigger capital than Disney or like any other. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite Pokemon, by the way? I do. Odd pick, it's Shingling from Gen 4. They're oh, basically okay. like a bell, like a Christmas or J Japanese shrine bell. We're looking it up right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. C-H-I-N-G-L-I-N-G. Oh, that, okay, that one's really cute. 
right? Yeah. It's it's such an odd niche pick, but I like. I like it too. Yeah. Second so... favorite would be Sylveon from Generation Six because they're the trans flag colors. Oh, <laughs> and, I love that. And, and their fairy type, my favorite type, which is basically the Dragon Slayer type. And Sweet. They're all cute and adorable and fluffy and pink and magical and that's. I love magical girls. I love yeah. everything really that's like pretty. fantasy. So yeah, and so inspired by Pokemon, I started mixing and matching pixel Pokemon sprites and posting them on a Facebook page of which I was part of the admins. That's when I started learning how to use pixel art. But I didn't really draw my own. I just took existing Pokemon art and like mixed and matched them together. But then every now and then I used to maybe try to draw something, make a fan art of an anime character, but I never really made it my own thing. Though I was drawing on paper, I was, whatever, making my own stuff on paper, but I never really posted them, I never really shared them. It wasn't until I became close to the drag community that I was like, let me draw the drag community. Yeah, I've seen some of the pixel arts yeah. you've done for like different drag queens. They're great. Yeah. I love yeah. the one where it's like, um, if you don't like it, you can kiss this crown, honey. I like how yeah. you, yeah, how you like combine text. I, yeah, I love typography, even though I'm not really well versed. I love mixing text with illustration. I think it adds to it a lot. And the drag community in Lebanon has been one of my biggest inspirations in terms of like getting into drawing more and more. Are there drag queens that you want to mention who like, I mean, has inspired your art? Um, inspired, I think I could name like a dozen drag queens that have oh, in yeah. inspired me personally as person or I like their art, but I'm a person who gets jealous. Oh, <laughs> I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm putting this on the table so y'all can know. I am the type who would see someone doing something and I'm like, I can do that. So <laughs> I, I go and do it and I do it my way. And yeah. obviously I'm not going to go to the person and like tell them, haha, look what I did. I'm just, I just mm -hmm. like putting it out there as a way to sort of flex. And so there have been Lebanese artists who have drawn one or two or, or a few local drag performers. And oh, cool. I was like, okay, they're drawing the local queens. Maybe I can draw them too. Yeah. See, I like that so much more when like, if someone's like, oh, I could do that, but then they never do it. Yeah. That's when I'm like, okay. But if you say yeah. I can do that and then you do it, I'm like... Yeah, you can. I, I don't know. I, I like that so much more than people just like I could do that. Falsely flexing yeah. and then not doing it and then you're like, okay, what's the point? You know? Yeah. That's the Aries in me. I'm a <laughs> I'm an Aries sun, Scorpio rising and Taurus moon and Venus. So I, I really do like to show off. And... We're both Scorpio risings, by the way. Ooh. So we can be toxic sometimes, but we won't talk about that. Yeah. Um, so, so basically, I went ahead and used the local drags as the themes or the concepts for a few projects for mm -hmm. Inktober, if you've heard of it. Yeah. It is a yearly drawing challenge that happens in October, and you draw one drawing per day. Usually it's an ink, but then you can like do whatever you want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, let me take this challenge use the drag performers and have them all included sort of kind of so i did and people really liked it and 
every day I was like coming back from my part-time work and sitting down and drawing something and posting it. I was so happy because each time it's a different style, each time it's a different color and it's a different face and a different outfit. So it was an adventure sort of. I did that in 2018 and then half of 2019's challenge, mostly because the revolution came and I could not draw anything for like a whole two weeks to a month. I just felt so bad, so awful about doing anything that wasn't related to protesting. And that's a whole different talk, the the protest and the revolutions, which is basically still kind of ongoing till this day. Um, You said there's stuff happening today, right? Exactly. There's stuff happening today. And it's a long story with the dollar crisis. Like the Lebanese lira is 10 times or so or more than the dollar. And it used to be 1,500 and now it's like 10,500 or more. So that's really scary and it deserves its own talk. But I can't really share much because I am not like suited to discuss that politics and that economic sort of like Mm -hmm. scope. I can definitely say that the fight is still on. People are still protesting, still blocking roads. But yeah, so my art, I... I wanted to include lots of the different queens because what I saw is that the people who did draw some of the drag queens only drew those one or two queens. And like without naming names, the artists usually draw the queens very thin. They draw them with like skinny waist. I mean, that's their style. Right. Then I'm like, how about I draw my characters chunky and full and round and cartoony and and maybe some of them skinny and maybe some of them not skinny. I, I wanted that diversity, so so I wasn't I didn't go around telling the artists stop drawing skinny queens because that's their art. Yeah. No, no, no but I know the very particular yeah. type of like yeah. like fashiony drawing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like and like if, everything's like overly long, like overly long limbs and that kind of thing. Exactly, and yeah. that's its own style, but then that's its own conversation with the fashion industry, sort of focusing on the skinnies. Yeah. Yeah. So so I spent. Um, some time drawing in traditional art and pixel art and mm-hmm. I found that pixel art for me was easier because I could erase and edit much faster and it was a medium that not that many people use. Yeah there's something very distinct like you have such a distinctive style I don't know it's like very iconic uh, between yeah. all the different uh, illustrations yeah. you do. Thanks yeah. if only I could say so myself. <laughs> it's true. I'm, I mean, I'm deep yeah. I, uh, well, I'm it's sorry. cool. Oh, sorry. It's it's just cool to see illustrations of some of like our past podcast guests. <laughs> like we saw immigration and yay. Cody. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, I said I couldn't say so myself because I am invested in the pixel art sort of sphere or community internationally. So I see so many different pixel artists and I compare myself, and that's like the worst thing you can do as an artist. Yeah, yeah don't we all? It's kind yeah. of yeah natural to do that yeah that's okay i'm like whatever like if i'm gonna draw at this level with this little details or whatever then that's where i am right now and it's just a process of like learning totally yeah because with pixel art it's it's not like you have a canvas and you can keep adding and adding and adding you could sort of kind of but pixel art is about using limitations you just have this like little square whatever canvas and you can add these many squares so you have to choose do i add a black square here a black pixel here or do i do it like a gray and add a different color under it to create the illusion of 
texture or shape. Like blending. Yeah. Right. yeah. I think that's what stands out to me about like pixel art, but also just any kind of like cartoon based thing. It's like showing you what the artist thinks is important to show. It's not showing yeah. everything, you know, it's like picking what stands out and highlighting or exaggerating that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love video games and I still like video games till now. So pixel yeah. art for me is using my love for video game and incorporating it in like modern concepts and modern themes. And haven't you, like you mentioned before, some of your art, you've like had some of your art used in games? Definitely. Yeah. There recently, uh, actually in December and January, Mm -hmm. There were, or actually in November and December, January, there were two different game jams that happened. Uh, a Bahrain game jam and the global game jam. Oh, cool. So both of them were 48 hours. And well, the Bahrain one was supposed to be 48 and then it was like a week-long thing. I think I could have done it in 48 hours <laughs> if, if that was the limit. But mm -hmm. what we did is we made two games. The first person I worked with, we worked on a game called Noor. It's mm -hmm. a woman who is wearing a hijab and she is in this space and she's having some kind of like mental health issues and she's using art as a way to escape those issues. Yeah, we're looking at that image right now. Yeah. You can download the games on in my link in the bio, in my Instagram bio. I have a link oh, tree cool. and it goes to a website that's called itch.io. So yeah. obviously, since they're made in 48 hours and we were just two people working on them and we are both procrastinators, mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's not a very long or detailed game. It's very basic, but that's what happens in 48 hours yeah. or like a week. And, and it's a great start, though. Like I was impressed with, at what we did. Yeah, I also just like that concept, like literally using art to escape. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah, very on the very close to yeah. home. Yeah. Um, and the little uh, like the style choices for the character is really it's really cool, really cute. Yeah, yeah, it's it's small enough that it's not a lot of work, a lot of like animation work, but it's mm -hmm. big enough that uh, you can like see a lot of the details yeah. in the face, the mouth, uh, the outfit, the fingers. And the other game that we did, I did with another person. We called it Hayan. And it's an anagram of the word hyena or hyane, which is the Latin name. Oh, okay. And and it's basically about a hyena in Lebanon and their parent they need to go find their parent. Oh, oh and wow. It's it has a lot of technical issues, some of which were fixed. Basically what I wanted was to represent the Lebanese national animal. Okay. And not many people know that the hyena is the national animal of Lebanon. I didn't know that, but now yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, they get hunted a lot. Yeah. And it is actually illegal to hunt hyenas in Lebanon, but many of the hunters do not get prosecuted. So that's another thing I like including in my art mm -hmm. is politics, people issues, environmentalism, migrant workers or migrant rights, women's rights, queer people's rights. I, I really want to emphasize on politics in some way, even minimally, yeah. or even like subtly in my game. Just yesterday I was in a, in a certain chat uh, and we were talking about how a certain game, Final Fantasy VII Remake, it was supposed to be part of the free games lineup in the PlayStation Plus subscription for the PlayStation Arabia or whatever, gotcha. or PlayStation users. But for some reason, undisclosed, 
Lebanon, Oman, Qatar, and Kuwait will not get the remake, the Final Fantasy game, and they will get another game instead. And I looked it up, and it turns out that that game, Final Fantasy VII Remake, has a part where the main character goes into this sort of like very queer club, and the presenter is obviously like visibly queer, and there's like drag game. There's drag involved, oh, so the main character gets like dragified. Yeah. Yeah. Can't have I'm, that. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> nope. So so that's wow. so that's something I brought up in the group. People were not really on my on the same page. Like they were, why do we care about this? Like what's the big deal? Like like why do we need to be political? I'm like, why not be political in games? Like, yeah, there's totally. A political, obviously, a political motive for blocking, blocking it. Yeah. Blocking it. So yeah. clearly, and, there's a link yeah. there. I guess his argument was more: let's not talk about politics. This is just games. Like games are supposed to be fun, and I'm like, but it's not fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> and and like politics are are important in games because games are not just one, two, three block for kids. There. They're not just little toys. They're yeah. they're a medium that spans age, all ages and like all genders and. Yeah. No, I'm, and... I mean I'm not as deep into gaming to know like all the ways that games are political, but I could definitely think of a few and yeah. a half. Like Call of Duty has yeah. definitely been exactly. made and used for political purposes. And even like Animal Crossing, people you know people talk about like this is a glimpse into. Um, a utopian a utopia world? like um i mean it's there's a lot of like socialism i guess i guess it's like there is some socialist aspect there is also definitely still some capitalism in animal crossing like the socioeconomic structure of animal crossing yeah, I, like even even that i mean people have been discussing the yeah the like socioeconomic structure that is portrayed in Animal Crossing and it's kind of hard to not notice that when that's what the game is like based around like what what it I don't know it like relies on you doing certain things that are connected to that structure actually since we're on the top of of games do you have any idea we've been wondering too because like I got into Animal Crossing a few months ago and Mm -hmm. I'm wondering like what is the link like why are so many queer people like, it's children and queer adults yeah. that like it. And like, queer people are so <laughs> exactly. into Animal Crossing. And, like, I can't fully figure out what it is that drew so many of us to it. And I was wondering, like, do you have any theories or any... I do. And actually, yeah. I used Animal Crossing as part of, um, like, a, a portion of an artwork that I have done that will be... I'm going to shout out Haven for Artists. Hey. Oh, they're, cool. yeah. they're a Lebanese NGO based in Beirut. Mm-hmm. They are mostly mostly run by queer, femme, non-conforming, different kinds of people, mostly a group of feminists and mm-hmm. pro-feminism individuals from their region. And they're having an exhibition on the 15th of March. I'm not sure if that would have been passed after this episode's airing, but maybe I'll definitely post my artwork on my Instagram page. So you can definitely check it out there. I included a version of myself in the Animal Crossing sort of like design or style to express how my gender identity has been expressed in Animal Crossing. And and this is something that I think resonates with a lot of queers, is that Animal Crossing does not ask you if you're a boy or a girl. Yeah, Um, that's true. And and they let you use any outfit, any type of clothing, any hairstyle that you want, any hair color. 
So basically, you could um, identify as a man and have a character that, let's say, have short hair and like facial hair, but then wear your longest, a long dress. Yeah. And vice versa, and all the different kinds of gender mixing that you can create. So yeah. that's the, I think that's it. It doesn't force you to go this way or that way. That's, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. And even though the art isn't like realistic art, it's very cartoony, chibi anime style, it's still, you can still see yourself in the character. Totally. totally yeah. I think there's also something about like that you, you, you make your own utopia. Yeah. Like it's like the perfect queer yeah. friendly town. <laughs> oh, I, Oh my god, I can't agree more. My town only has cats and some dogs. And yeah, it's it's so funny. So, oh uh, yeah, I love cats and I like dogs. I think I'm liking dogs more and more after having like spent some more time with them. Yeah. And, and that's like my utopia is to have cats and dogs and nothing else. Right. I have, um, what's the name? You know the dog that's like wrapped up in a bandage? Lucky! Yeah, I have Lucky. I love him. Yeah, I really I, like Lucky. I should send you a screenshot from my island. I actually built a graveyard in front of his house. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so every time... That's perfect. You, yeah, if you want to visit him, you literally have to go through like four different rows of, of like okay. headstones. From, from each side. So let's say like 12 or more different graves <laughs> and the, the scary music playing oh that's perfect for him <laughs> yeah exactly he's the cutest like... he's so cute my yeah. friend really wants him and like he won't leave my island I, I said oh okay as long as like as soon as he says he wants to leave i'll tell you but he's yeah. just sticking around he won't leave which i'm, I'm kind of happy <laughs> you, you'll have to cheat if you really want to get things done yeah and that's why I'm traveling and I've done a lot of that and I sort of kind of regret it because I lost the spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that. I haven't done the time traveling yet, but... Um. Yeah. Wait, do we want to talk about the Orientalist camel character? Oh, yes. What is up with Sahara? <laughs> oh my god, we don't talk about her racist stereotypes. Right? It's just, like, absurd and hilarious. I mean... Yeah, like... Yeah. And weirdly enough, Sahara was supposed to be male and is male in the Japanese version. Oh. But like female in the Western version because I guess because I guess Japan of America or whatever thinks kids yeah. won't be okay with a long eyelashed male. <laughs> like, oh my god. That's stupid because literally they're camels. Camel. Camels have long eyes. <laughs> right, yeah. 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 Like oh like the heteronormativity is off the scale. That was anyway, like their one, yeah, yeah, their one not so great. Yeah. What was her like opening line? Like, I come, from, I come far. from far. Yeah, what does she say? <laughs> I am, or like, and now I'm near. Now I'm near. <laughs> it's just funny. And like the broken English, like. Yeah, yeah. Like, literally, no other character has that broken English yeah. in the game. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of like dirty, but whatever. We'll, yeah. we'll forgive them. Yeah. <laughs> The, the next update, they can, can work on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I talk about what I'm working on? Yeah, totally. Yeah. My future plans, yeah. yeah. So right now, I applied to a grant in Maurid al the cultural resource. I 
hope I get the grant. If not, it's okay. I have more projects. And I'm, I might be working on a collection of comics coupled Ooh. with a dictionary for Lebanese queer lingo. That's incredible. Yeah. So I, I hope I get it, that then I could start working on it. Otherwise, I'll pitch it to some other thing. Because if anyone here is listening and has experience in queer lingo and Lebanon or editing or whatever and who would like to team up and like apply to a grant, I'm all ears. That's awesome. And if that doesn't work, it's fine. I still have some other projects. I want to work on a on a horror-themed black and white game that has to do with like the bureaucracy process of someone going into a um, public sector and what they have to deal with and the struggle. So, so that's something I want to work on, definitely like within the Lebanese context or like the local Levantine context or, yeah. or however we can find. What else? I have so many different ideas, but those are the only two that I really have them sort of kind of fleshed out right now. Other than that, awesome. yeah, they do. Yeah, we were just I, talking about like language and queerness. It would be yeah. really cool to have something like with a visual element too. For sure, because that's actually my like my degree is in language, and I was like, do I let it? Yeah. Do I let my experience in language like stay inside the cupboard and get dusty like my degree? <laughs> Or, yeah. or or do I actually do something about it and like get some research done and get some work done and add my art? So so that's definitely something I want to work on in twenty twenty one. Can I ask like kind of a random tangential question? Yeah. Do you have a pronoun preference in Arabic? Of course, yeah. So my pronouns in Arabic are hinne or into. Okay. Hinne is the Lebanese version of hum or hunna. Oh. And okay. fusha. Yeah. yeah. And they in Fusha or modern standard Arabic is gendered. It's either for a group of men or a group of women. There is no um, neutral group. Yeah. Or for for a group of objects, it's also, it's it's also okay. the, the it's female Ian, like, yeah. or they or it's the the singular female. So here for a group of non-human objects, which is kind of demeaning <laughs> to, yeah, to totally. femme or like women to put non-human object and animals in the same group as women, human women. So Mm -hmm. that's a different kind of conversation. But yeah, so I use the Lebanese, they, which is henne, which is surprisingly neutral. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was just wondering, I feel like I and some other people I've talked to, like, feel differently about pronouns in different languages. Like, I feel pretty ambivalent in English, but, like, in Arabic, I do feel, like, attached to he and, like, the femme yeah. grammar. I think he is pretty. <laughs> it is, it of, is. Kind of, it is. Yeah. And hua is usually used as the fusha neutral. Like, yeah. if you're going to say that person mm-hmm. or that human, you say hadal insan, which is hadha or hua insan, if you don't know the gender of the person. But that is the male pronoun. So, so it's sort of like yeah. sad kind of neutrality, which is like, okay, male first and then anything else. Right. Or I guess also part of it was that, like, it, it relates to the way that I learned languages, um, even though, like, people would say, like, grammatically the male is neutral or the masculine yeah. form is neutral. I learned to speak Arabic, like, mostly around women um, mm-hmm. and was, like, just using oh. feminine forms to the point like where, that. like, when I was, like, uh, I would, like, accidentally misgender men in Arabic because I was just, like, not used to... <laughs> 
um, using that form. Um, yeah. So it, it just has like both a, a neutral connotation and like yeah. Arabic mask feels like so distant for me. I'm like, I'm definitely not that thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Versus in English, I'm like, ah, give me whatever, I don't care. Yeah, yeah I, I'm definitely against misgendering unless it's like for a cis man <laughs> in which case it was cis I mean I wasn't even intentional I just wasn't like that creative <laughs> in which case you go like yeah. you go you... I love I love getting gendered with here like the, fe- the feminine pronoun when it's someone who doesn't really speak Arabic that well like someone who's a migrant worker or Armenian people actually in Armenian the language I don't really think they have gendered pronouns so Armenians if they're not that great in Arabic they will misgender in Arabic like they will say the wrong gender uh, if they're not if they're not fluent or if they didn't have sort of the genders really really captured yeah, yeah. And, and when that happens I'm like okay I'm fine with I'm fine with the, the feminine pronoun sure as long as you don't say the the masculine pronoun, I'm fine. Like, right. but I don't. I, I never correct them. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Um, and in like gay culture in Lebanon, it is very common for you to say the feminine pronoun for like gay men. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sometimes as a term of endearment, but sometimes as a way to distract or like be undercover when in different spaces, and you don't want to allude to your queerness right. like you, you see an attractive man and you're like he like she's oh, so nice he uh-huh. looks so nice so people around won't know you're talking about the man they think you're talking about um, a woman for yeah. example so that's also part of the language study that i'd like to get into I hope yeah, someone funds sure. this book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so get on it. Fun I hope a listener wants to collaborate. Someone sure. This. I, like, or like get your connections. Yeah. yeah. Hook me up with someone. Yeah. We can we can work um, remotely. We don't have to meet face to face. I was. We were talking yesterday that like so much has been accomplished remotely like even i don't know nasa went to mars with like everyone teleworking it's like we can get (laughs) anything done remotely exactly (laughs) and like that movie we mentioned raya and the last dragon yeah Uh, that was like all 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 done remotely yeah yeah and it's like one of disney's best movies like i heard i saw a review and it was like you'll fall in love with all the characters it's so well done yeah an amazing new disney princess yeah me too so so yeah like remote work is definitely there and Mm -hmm. if you can't meet up in person and preferably don't because of the p word Mm -hmm. the pandemic the panorama panorama, (laughs) yeah pandora pandora pantene uh then (laughs) then please to get into remote work and that is how like the game jams happening right now or all year long have been they all have been remote work and and i've been i've been able to meet a few interesting people so right now i'm in my pokemon drag lebanese or like lebanon plus project Mm -hmm. i call it lebanon plus because it's not just performers in lebanon it's also performers that i know outside of lebanon like shout out to Louisiana Alexa Milano who is Lebanese shout out to um I think she's in New York but I'm not sure Anna Masriya she's the, in New York. yeah she is. <laughs> yes Egyptian queen 
Mm -hmm. uh, love her. Shout out to this is the last shout out. <laughs> the dancing queer Shruk Latar. Oh my god, yes, Shruk. Yeah. We had Shruk on our podcast. Oh. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. She's amazing. And yeah. I'm not sure if she identifies as drag, but I do see her within the realm of like drag performance. Yeah, I think like there is some connection there. That... Definitely. Yeah. Like, yeah, I wouldn't definitely wouldn't like label her as drag if that's not what she was identifying as i've seen her use like drag king like loosely like drag king and drag queen yeah. like just loosely yeah 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 definitely mm -hmm. as a first like but yeah so those are people who are not in lebanon or not necessarily in the lebanese drag community who i was inspired by mm -hmm. and i started my pixel drag pokemon project with them and then i moved to like local performers i have drag kings we do have a few drag kings, uh, Ali Daik, Safa. Safa is really uh, active. And I, I wanted to include them because drag kings get the short end of the stick in the drag world. But it's changing, I think. I am hoping to have a completed collection of roughly 40-something drag performers. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see it. Cool. So stay tuned, follow on Instagram yeah. and and hire me for your illustration and yes. video game <laughs> pixel art needs I'm unemployed hey. <laughs> and in need of that coin I do have a Behance it's not as updated but it is more organized because it's not like a feed it's more of like a project so you can okay. definitely check my Behance it's linked in my Instagram I okay. Active on Twitter, Facebook, not so much, but mostly on Instagram. Um, oh, apart from yeah. that, you can just Google Luchie and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. You'll get Hopefully, either, yeah. either the, the, food. the food or, or art. Yeah. Or either way, it's a treat. Yes, <laughs> so exactly. A treat. Yeah. Oh, and I've been really into Tatris lately. Tatris with rainbow on it. I want to do another shout out to Tatris and T. Oh, I love which... that. I love that page. Yeah. So her name is Wafa Ignem. Mm -hmm. She's Palestinian American and or living in the States. And she is a teacher and a businesswoman and a creator and a mother. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she has been really inspirational. And she is, has been active a lot in the sort of like stitching collective that I joined every week like I meet up with people via zoom and we stitch and we talk and I've been oh, inspired nice. and I'm making my own motifs so that's a project coming up soon I'm gonna share motifs they're gonna be like Lebanese herb related shout out to Swana Ancestral for their Libeirut herbal guide. They, yeah, they, they have a guide. We can definitely add the link. It cool. is a guide for Lebanon, uh, Lebanon's agricultural sort of like collection or in uses of herbs, spices, flowers, how they can be medicinal mm -hmm. or can be used as poultices for healing and for teas. That is free to browse on their, their website. So for anyone hearing, they're really cool. They're, they're mostly, I believe, to connect Swana diaspora, but also anyone else in the world. Just a 
disclaimer, Swana, Southwest Asia, North Africa. And yeah, so that's a project I'm working on. I've been actively doing like totris, cross-stitching. And even though it's a really cool art, <laughs> the process kills me. Like I have zero patience and the process of stitching needs a lot of patience. That it looks like it. Yeah. yeah. Steady hands, patience. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'll I'll post like the end result of the flowers later on on my Instagram and I'll have the motifs available for use if anyone is interested. Awesome. Also soon I'm thinking maybe March twenty first. It could be like a spring Mother's Day sort of thing. So that's Oh, that, that could like be something. Good, good yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And that's about it on my behalf. Thank you so much yeah, for any, coming on. Anytime. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, you can follow us on the Queer Arabs at. Sorry. Oh my God. You can email us at the Queer. <laughs> you can email us. You can't at the do queer, any of that actually. <laughs> Good. The Queer Arabs all across the board. Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, and our website is thequeerarabs.com. Mm-hmm.